All right. Uh, I don't know what episode this is, but this whole month we're talking about we're talking about families, and I think probably I don't know what would you say, Jeff. The number one fight that a I mean, if you like, if you go percentage wise, right, the highest percentage of arguments in in a in a household is probably typically about money. Yes, I, I, I'm sure I haven't looked up statistics, but I'm, I'm, I'm certain no, I'm just it totally, creates anxiety I'm, for, I'm totally guessing and using myself as a, as a, as a benchmark that even if you have money, I feel like it's sometimes, I don't know why, but there's always stress around financials. Um, and so I, I wanted to bring, I wanted to bring Jeff, Jeff actually runs. Can I plug your, your coaching group? that I'm in please absolutely um so Jeff runs a I'm gonna call it a building financial wealth stability and stability mastermind I had a better name earlier I know you have a you have a you, you have your own thoughts but it really is man it's like I joined this I don't know how long I've been in your group um but it's already probably paid five months five months dude yeah. The dividends, the first meeting, the first meeting I got, I went in, I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot. Like I have, these guys are all rapping and talking and I've got no clue. And I'm a smart guy. I've done well for myself. And this whole thing, it's on a whole completely other level because it's the shit that nobody talks about. And it's because of the things that, you know. They don't want, it's like almost like they don't want you to know the information that you're teaching in this, in this mastermind. How did you yeah. even, yeah, that's a hundred percent true. Before we get, like, how did you start that? Like what, why did you start? What was the motivation to get educated there and, and, and do that? Well, I mean, it was just trial and error from my own experiences, I think. And that's why I, like my, my company's called the tactical empire and, yeah. and, Ultimately, it's to it's to deliberately and intentionally build the life that you want mm -hmm. for yourselves. And, and I went in with this mission of creating leaders out of men because we need more men to step up and like own their shit. Right. Yep. I mean, I know you're on that train. Um, but I mean, ultimately, I spent 18 years in financial services. So I and I, I'm a huge believer that it's your obligation to to create wealth for your family and your lineage and everything else. And so, um, so it, it just has a bent in the group. We do leadership. We've got the four F's fitness, finance, family, and freedom and all that stuff. But like ultimately everyone that's in there wants to increase cash flow and make a fuck ton of money at, while they grow as leaders. And I think that I, I think there's nothing to be scared of as far as like making money. It's taboo and people are scared of it. Like you said, you walked in the room and we're like, holy fuck. Like we were talking a different language, but I mean, ultimately that shouldn't be the case because right. you're a smart business owner. Everybody in that group is entrepreneurs or high, high and, earning W2 guys and family men, right? They're all smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> But I mean, like, ultimately, they 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 are they have good incomes, and they just don't know how to piece it together. And that, so that's where like the tactical portion of everything comes in. And I know you guys have good cash flow, and I'll show you how to attack it with, like, by dispelling some some old habits and and ingrained financial tools that were taught to us by our parents or the media or whatever, right? 
I think that's the and biggest, that goes back. That's the biggest fear. Go right, ahead. Is this is the reason why I grew like what you're doing is so awesome is because yes, I, I make a, a decent amount of money. Like, but I haven't always made. I I worked my ass off to make a decent amount of money, and um, but the reality is, if I stop working, that faucet gets turned off. I think that's that becomes the issue long term, and, and you're yeah. so now you're a slave to this thing, even though you might enjoy it or you might whatever. The reality is, you're trading your your time for dollar bills. And that brings us back to kind of where where your original question was, why did I create the group, right? Yeah. And and like that's part of the reason because I'm a huge believer that like you go through seasons of your life. So you may want to run the agogi right now and be crazy right. passionate about it, right? right? Five years from now with Dimitri playing baseball and doing all kinds of other shit at that point, like maybe you want to do something completely different and you right. don't want to show up every day and hustle for the money to right. make it keep on coming in. Right? right. So, I mean, ultimately what I want to teach everybody is you've worked your ass off to get to a certain level of success. Now let's keep more of the money and then let's put it to work for us and start. We talk about the cyclical rate of money all the time in the group, right? Yeah. So like every dollar you earn, I want you to deploy that dollar multiple times so it can make you money and grow for you instead of just blowing it all about the back door and one and done. So I hope you're getting ready. So not only are we doing the podcast, the live podcast, you know, the, the podcast, the Always Forward podcast about this topic, but I'm bringing Jeff in the third week into the Agogi. We're going to into the mentorship group. And um, he's. I hope you're ready, bro. <laughs> you're going to get some some questions. And do you remember when uh, you first briefed about all-in-one mortgages and the whole yeah. group was, <laughs> I think there might be a lot of that, like, I don't even know what to ask. I, I don't even, he's saying a lot of things and I don't even know what to say. Well, I mean, that's why the, the seven levels of financial freedom are where I'm going to take your group. Mm. And like everyone fits in one of those levels. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause we've got, we've got people at every single level, every single level. Yep. So yeah, it's, I'm looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to opening the floor and, and, and watching their, watching their worlds kind of open. All right. So just diving into this thing, um, you kind of already asked it, but can, in, a, in a way, I want to talk about why financial freedom is, is important for families, okay? Um, or in your own words, can you say, like, in your own life, why, why did you stop doing what you were doing? And, and for those that don't know, Jeff's been on the podcast before. He's a ranger, um, and then, you know, so he's super, he's super tough. He's had a bunch of his own businesses as well. You had a you had a gym as well at one point, um, doing a bunch of real yep. estate stuff. Now um, has his mastermind, teaches, coaches. Anyways, so he understands. But why was this important for you to be like? Oh shit! If I need to really get my my stuff together for for my family and my kids, so that I can have financial freedom in my family. What was the motivation there? Man, I think it was just because, like, I understand, like, this is going to sound weird, but, like, it, the underlying emotions of money and the stress that go along with it steal a lot of our opportunity to live to our potential, whether it's being a father or a husband or any of that stuff. And, like, because I know I've lived it in my life where I've been wrapped up with, like, not understanding 
like where our money was coming from or the stress of going to get it or my wife needing to spend more money than I wanted her to or yeah. like all of that shit, right? Like, yeah. and, and I think what that does is when I talk about underlying emotions, the surface level emotion comes across as like anger or like whatever. You're yelling at the kids, like, but it's all actual anxiety and fear mm -hmm. from like not understanding the money enough, not understanding the finances enough and not feeling comfortable that like, if I get run over by a bus tomorrow, like what the fuck happens to all of this? Right. Cause like I've, I've got four kids under 10 years old and I've got a wife at home as well. Right. And we homeschool our kids and we built this life for ourselves, but like ultimately would it, would it go on without me? Right. And the, the mortality question, as I think a lot of, I mean, your audience can relate to it in a big way, I think, but for a long time, you, you kind of just, stick your head in the sand and say, I don't know what I don't know. And it's scary. Yes. And it stresses me out when the credit card bills come in or whatever, but instead I'm just going to be an asshole and like disconnect and drink 12 beers tonight instead of like just understanding and learning and trying to, trying to kind of take the pressure off that valve a little bit. Yeah. And, and I know that if I can teach people like, there's nothing special about me, man. I came from nowhere. Like central Illinois, single parent home, like very similar. You and I have a, a background that's similar. I know that. Yeah. But like the way I came up is just I, I did not believe conventional sources were the way to get things done. When I looked around and every nobody was doing like what I wanted to be doing. So I went and I sought answers. Do you that think we're not? Do you think that is something that you were kind of like who you are down to your core? Or is that because of your time, our time in special operations? Because I'm the exact same way. I don't, I don't think conventional methods are the way to get things done, especially if that's the ones everybody's or talk, everybody's talking about. I, I think that comes from our birth to seven years old. Okay. Like for me, like, cause I believe that that's ingrained in you at a very young age. And like Ed Milet talks about this, about growing up with a, a father, an alcoholic father mm -hmm. and, and the skills that he developed under seven years old that allow him to kind of read people and look for certain situations. So for you and I, I would say that growing up, we kind of were like, we had to survive at a very young age. Right. 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 So like when I look around at everybody else, I have always since a very young age said, if everybody's going in that direction, I am not fucking following because <laughs> yeah. like that <laughs> bad things yeah. are going to happen over there. Yeah. And, and so, um, so I just kind of feel like it, but, but that also drew us to special operations. And, and I think that that was one of the most interesting things about the melting pot that is special operations when you get there like black, brown, red, blue, like whatever yeah. the fuck color they are, like whatever background, there's cowboys and there's city boys and there's, there's fucking everything. There's in a between. theme. There's a theme to a personality. Yeah. And the back, yes. the backstories always seem very similar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like a rugged individual and, and they have a, a, a healthy questioning of authority. Yeah. In, in almost every case, like most of us came from like jail or juvie and shit like that. And we got out and like, 
Right. <laughs> Straight into special operations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Sam wants you, son. Yeah. And <laughs> sign sign up here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I but I think that level of skepticism and questioning. It, led me straight in. So I went into the corporate world and, yeah. and I went straight into khakis and polos and all that fucking shit cubicles. And like, everybody was like, you need to track in and put your money in your 401k and do all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make much sense to me. Like you're going to take all my money for 40 years. As long as I show up here in this cubicle over and over and over again, and then you're going to promise me this payday later. And like that just never sat well with me. And so, I mean, I bought a seven unit apartment complex when I was 26 years old. That was the first real estate purchase I made um, outside of a personal residence when I was 24. Um, so I was always trying to put my money to work for myself because I, for me, it made sense that it should pay me tomorrow, even if it's less money. Yeah. Cause like, that's the argument that everyone gives you is like, if you put a thousand dollars in your 401k in 50 fucking years, it'll be worth a million dollars. Okay. Gives, who gives a shit but in like, 50 years? But for me, like I, I also saw another formula where I could put a thousand bucks into this other thing. And then it would give me $15 a month starting next month. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So that's cash. Like that speaks to me. So how many thousands do I have to put in there before $15 adds up to a little something? Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I've just, and then I went on this journey of like information gathering. I'm like, who is doing this? That's not because a lot of times, I mean, it's, it's much better with the internet. It's much better with all the access to information that we had, but like, honestly, a lot of this information, like we just didn't know at, at what like, was out there since a like million the, dollars yeah. and below of network. Yeah, but it's been out there for hundred a hundred years or plus. Yep, yep. That's why the book I recommend to everybody is "What Would the Rockefellers Do?" Yep. So, like, and and that lays it out. That lays the life insurance, infinite banking, like model out, mm -hmm. like to a T. Like these these ten families that survived the Great Depression to be like what would now be trillionaires, and it, they they all use this particular product. Yeah. And so like, okay, I I'm, I'm just a big fan of following what the smartest people I know are doing. And I'm like, Hey, if I can get in there, it, if this is a million dollar entry fee, can I get in for a thousand bucks and try it? And, and I just kind of, I, I kind of followed that path and, and it, it's, it started to build. It's not an instantaneous thing though. That's where like in our culture is, built on instant gratification for everything. Right. right? right. Like most people can't do anything for more than three months. And so like when I say put in a thousand dollars and get $15 back, most people that are listening to this podcast would be like, fuck off. That's stupid. Like, I'm not saying you lose your, you, you lose your thousand dollars altogether. I'm just saying that's what it kicked off in a month. Yeah. Right. Like, and that's just a hypothetical example, but most people would laugh at that. Mm-hmm. But the way my brain works, I'm like, well, if I get 10,000 in there, it's 150 bucks. That would like take me out to dinner or whatever. Yeah. Like, so, and I gamify it backwards like that. Like, what do I need to do to pay my rent? What do I need to do to pay my mortgage? What do I need to do to pay the light bill? And then you can build in like little celebrations as you, as you get to those levels. Yeah. What do you have to do to pay for the car? Like. All so, kinds of stuff like that. So going back to the whole stress thing that people, you know, that people would deal with, 
Um, mm-hmm. Have you? Did you ever? Ever? Per, I mean, I I can I'll definitely tell you right now. I've we've been in those situations, especially early early days where financial stress was a was a strain on the family dynamics in our in our relationship. Like it was it was tough, man. It was tough. You're trying to build something, especially at the early days. You're trying to build something, and it's like it it does put a a, a strain on in that household. Yeah, and there's a lot of reasons that I've seen that happen too, and and that I've experienced it happen, like a level of trust that your spouse has in you for being able to come through. Because mm-hmm. like I'm a gambler, man. It like before we had kids, especially like I'd take every fucking penny we had and put it on fucking black. And I'm like, let's go. Like, I know this is going to work out. And if it doesn't, I'll eat ramen noodles for the next three days and I'll figure it out. And he's not talking about actual gambling. He's talking about products and businesses and investments and things like that. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. Not, not gambling for real. Like, but I would, but I always bet on myself. Was Kirsten always on board with what you had going on? No, not at all. Not at all. Like that's been, that's cause like, mind you, I came out of the corporate world. So she married this guy who had a nine to five job. Yeah. It was a stable earner. Yeah. And like, then I went and I'm like, Hey, cause I'd always fucked with different stuff, entrepreneurial yeah. stuff. I always had side hustles. I always did things. And, uh, and when I was finally like, Hey, I'm going to do this full time at that point in time, she was supportive. Cause I'd been doing the gym for six years wow. and had a corporate job at the same time. So I owned a gym and, um, we had been doing that. I owned some real estate up in Illinois still. And so she was, she, she was like, yes, I support you. Whatever makes you happy at that point, because I was just a miserable guy. Because yeah. I was like, I need to pursue this because I feel like I'm leaving too much on the table. Yeah. But she definitely is more risk averse. And like, and, and like she's her, she, her feminine side desires security. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, that's what she wants. And, and there's, there's a financial side to that too. Like, right. It, it's not only like, Hey, I can shoot well and fucking probably kick maybe a couple dudes can, ass. Can I, like, feed, can and, I feed my kids? Can I, is there money yeah, in the bank exactly. to, to feed my kids? Yeah. Yes. And there, there's a component to that. So like, I, I think the biggest thing we had to learn because we both came, like I came from a non-traditional family that was raised like real fucked up, but like it, we just didn't, I didn't get a lot of good lessons. She came from a very like great family, like American pie family parents have been married 46 years and all kinds of shit still. It's like, and like, it's like, it's like, it, Ali, I mean, it's a Ali dream. Yeah. It's like Allie and I, it, it, but like they didn't talk about money in a way yeah. that like is productive or educational. Right. And so like what we've changed in our family tree is that we talk about money all the time. We talk about money to our kids all the time and like give them ideas, brainstorm ideas on how to make money, talk about interest rates, how they can get like a rate of return on their money for saving it in certain ways. Um, so we're breaking those habits, but like that led to headbutting in our relationship early on too, because neither mm. of us was good communicators about finances. Mm. So, and okay, so, so, so like, so, go ahead. Yep. Let's talk. So, well, let's so talk like you, you're, you're in, you Let's put you, put you in the inner circle. You got a guy that's coming in. 
he's got he's making money, but for some reason there's friction and there's stress in the, in the household about about financials. He's again like everybody in the inner circle is making moves. Like you damn near force everybody to make moves. You're like, make some fucking moves, dude. Like start pulling the triggers on things. Get your shit lined up. Let's go. Because there's a lot of fear with making deals, right? It, it, yep. it is. It's, 100%. It's, it's a scary thing to put a lot of, you know, put money into things and to, you know, go get a huge ass loan when you don't have the money and and go do this, you know, multi-million dollar deal, whatever. Hell, it could be a 300000 deal or $150,000 deal and it'd be, it'd be scary. Um, but you get yeah. this guy coming in that is, it, it is, does have friction in the household. What are you doing? What are you, what are you communicating? How are you, how are you achieving? How are you getting them to achieve financial freedom to alleviate that stress without ripping the family apart? Well, I mean, it ultimately, it, it goes back to phase one. You are the asset. So like, are you a trustworthy man? Mm-hmm. Like have your moves been trustworthy do you follow through on what you're saying yeah. like because that's li- where the that's where is, the- is this good first is what yes. you're saying right exactly it, are you showing up the way you're supposed to be showing up probably not like right. most every single person that comes on into the group at the beginning there's a lot of tough questions of like you're leaving shit on the table yeah like it, even me even me like i i like to drink more than i should you and i talk about this all the time right yeah. like if i'm <laughs> drinking four or five nights a week i'm not reaching my potential right? right so that whether your wife says anything about that or not that plants some seeds of doubt unless i'm just massively producing over here and there's a mound of money for her to like fucking bathe in that she's like oh we're comfortable and uh and like that hasn't always been the case in our household right yeah. so like you have to figure out how you're showing up and are you following through with what you said or is this just one more wazoo way to spend money that you think is going to solve the problem? Mm-hmm. Then phase two, I would say, is pull your wife in 100%. Like we do money meetings in our house yeah, every Sunday. And like we have conversations about money because it's that forced conversation. Like that's what originally got us talking about it. Like at first they're super awkward, but like what happens is your wife appreciates shit out of that because she's like, oh, we're a team in money because that's not the way it was. But like the other mistake I can tell you I've made, I don't want to get off track here. Hold on. Yeah. But I made a mistake with the, the bills and stuff like that, that I'll tell you in a second. But, um, you, you've got to communicate with your spouse on like what makes them comfortable. Like through this communication, I found out that my wife, Kirsten wants a cushion in our account all the time, something that she can look at just to make her feel good, which is fine. And like, once we establish, it doesn't matter what the fuck they want. Right. Right. Like, okay. But once they tell you, then we can start working as a team. Like I need to see this number in the savings account at all times. And then you can go do whatever you want with the rest of the money. Okay, cool. Like we've now got the rules to the game. And like, so, cause I, I mean, I don't want her scared. I don't want her stressed. No one does. Neither does anyone in the inner circle. Right. Right. And, and you also don't want to tear ass out of there and go like, Hey, I'm buying an apartment complex, honey, with our last hundred thousand dollars that we have, or last $10 that we have, because then it feels like, then she's going to start being mama bear and she's going to start putting up like some masculine tendencies because she's like, dude, you're not going to be able to feed my kids. And like, then it's going to cause major friction. See, and I'm, so and like, I'm like, you the, and I are the same way. I'm like, 
It's going to cost a hundred grand. I look at the thing. I got a hundred thousand and one cent. I'm in sold. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Cause I've been without before right. and I'm like, I can go without, I don't need money. It's just a tool for me. Like I can be poor. I'm really good at being poor. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm an expert at being poor. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're also good at delaying gratification. I feel right. like, and, and right. like, we're fine with suffering. Right. Like this is just a period of suffering because eventually it's going to pay off that like that's our mindset about it. Mm-hmm. But my wife didn't sign up for suffering. So right. she's like, fuck that. Right. Like I am not going through that period of suffering. There right. is ways to do this without that suffering. And I'm like, oh, OK. And so it rewired my entire. And she's process. right. She is right. <laughs> it it, it doesn't is. have to suck all the time. You know? Right. Right. And it goes back to like, as I get older and a little more mature, like I understand that it's more about like enjoying the journey. And like, so this whole, like getting on the same page financially has been a beautiful thing. Cause it's really reworked my mindset about aggressive patience. A couple of years. Like, yeah. A couple of years ago, right. I, you guys turned us on to something like the, the annual planning, the couple annual plan, no kids. Mm-hmm two or three days annual planning. And we've been doing that for, I think three years now. And, um, can you talk about how that came about and what, in, in like, you know, in five minutes or whatever, however long it takes you talk about like, what is the structure? And we should probably talk about this offline. Cause I think you could sell this. What is the structure of that annual planning with your spouse or how did it come about? And then what's the structure of the meeting? How did it come about? Um, I think Ryan Stuman, not to not to leave him out, I think he's the one who taught us about it. If not, it was someone in that circle, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it just sounded so good to us. So what we do is we we have we in, we bring our entire family to Texas for Thanksgiving and we host. And so then what we tried to do is get in a rhythm of where we would download our kids the week after Thanksgiving with the grandparents since everybody's in town and we would go take um like three days alone somewhere and we've done longer we've done less uh, um to do annual planning just my wife and i no interruption i think three days is a sweet spot for my from my experience i think three days is a sweet spot yeah and and we have now like every year it gets different every year it gets better and, and every year we kind of dial it in a little bit, but the, the first thing you do is reflect on the year prior. And so like you write down every single thing, you pull out all the notes from the year prior and you're like, Hey, this is all the shit I wanted to do, what got accomplished. And so it's an opportunity for gratitude and reflection on what you wanted to do. But then everything you didn't accomplish, you make notes next to like, why didn't we do it? Okay, we pivoted and decided that's not the direction we wanted to go. Or like, there's a, there should be a reason. Um, but if there wasn't a reason, you, you, it, it's an opportunity to talk through it as well. Yeah. Um, and so reflection is the first part. And then the next thing we always do is our vision. And, and it's three-year vision casting. And so we separate go to separate places in the house. Like we rent a nice place usually or or a place that gets us very creative. And, uh, 
And so it's not just like a hotel generally. What you so you want to get outside and get in place where you can actually be creative and think about what you yeah, want. For you your guys future. rented one year. I remember because we, we were trying to do it. We were trying to do something in Nashville, but you went somewhere. You rented a treehouse. Uh, Kirsten sent mm-hmm. it to, to Allie. That was a that was a dope. Yep. One. Yeah. 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 We got a three story treehouse out in the middle of the woods, and that that was awesome. And the reason that I wanted that place was because it had all the different living spaces that you could mm-hmm. kind of get away from each other and do different things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but you write your three-year vision. So like, where are we going to be in 2026? Like, t- describe it to the umpteenth degree, like everything. You get very granular on what's going on, how much money's in your bank account, what you're doing, like what's your fitness like, what, what, are, you, what are you spending money on? What are you driving? What are your Com- kids doing? Like complete, all that stuff. Complete vision. Yep. Yep. Okay. And like what activities are our kids in? Everything. And and then she's doing the same thing. And then we bring them together. And we've done it different ways where we read it out loud to each other or we just exchange it and read it. And then and then what we do is we, we merge it. They're what always was- very similar, which... What was the, uh, I guess as you get older, they become more similar, right? Um, but what was the best, yeah. what was the best tactic or what did you see that they felt like the best? Uh, I don't know what felt the best exchanging or actually briefing each other on the, on the, on the vision. I like listening to her read hers and I like reading mine because my writing's shitty because mm-hmm. I think there's something lost if you have to like, it, it's ster- <laughs> if it's you can't st- read somebody's chicken scratch, it's it kind more, of fucks more, with the yeah, it's the more flow. sterile, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I like listening to her read hers and like really taking it all in and being present and listening to it. And I'm like, huh, weird. I didn't know she wanted to do that or whatever, right? Yeah, like because you'll find out things like. Cause I mean, this is your time to take up new hobbies and be a new person and like, think yeah. about like, Hey, I want to fucking do X, Y, and Z. And like, it's just an interesting time to get to know your spouse a little yeah. more. Right. And so from there, what it breaks down into is a, a shared vision. Okay. So like, what are the, what are the commonalities on this thing? What are the outliers that maybe you, you didn't want, or what are you trying to accomplish with this? Cause I'll put shit on mine. And she's like, what are you trying to get at with that? And I'm like, I just really want time or something like that. And she's like, yeah. well, why don't we do this? And I'm like, that's fucking a better idea than what I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> you're, sm- you're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of, but, but we do the whole exercise. Cause I, th- I think there's value in just working through it. So then we rewrite one together. That's a shared vision, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we put it together and then we read that. And so that's where we're trying to go in three years. So then what we do is we break it down into like, okay, if we're going to be there in three years, where do we need to be at the end of this year? Right. The upcoming year, 12 months. And we, we lay that out. We lay out everything we want. We lay out how much money you need to make, how much, like, what are we spending extra based on what we're doing today? Like all these different things. And then you pull that down into like your next quarter. So it's, it's just a simple like funnel, if you will. And it just drags it down further and further. And you leave this knowing what you're going to do. And, and we've been, we've gotten to the point now where we can lay out our entire calendar for the year with our travel and almost have our entire calendar done when we leave this trip for 
the next calendar year. What would you say? We choose vacations. Yeah. What would you we say percentage wise? Like you like were done. During... Percentage wise on the calendar. Yeah. Like your whole, like for the whole year, like you're at 80% completion. Probably higher than that. Wow. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I would say 90 at least. So if I need with, to hang, if I with... want to hang out with you, I need to get to you bef- like at Thanksgiving. By Thanksgiving, I need to tell Jeff, hey, we're hanging out in 2024, and, and this is the time we're going to hang out. <laughs> no, no, because there's total flexibility for, like, spur-of-the-moment stuff. Yeah. Like, we've just built in all of our intentional goals. So, like, this year we were taking the family and our extended family to Disney for eight days. Like, that's on the calendar. It's already yeah. built in. We're going in August. Um, <clears throat> so, stuff like that. But like, it, we don't have anything in July because we usually RV for the whole month of July. So if we're going to be RVing, then we could we could play that by ear. We can be flexible with that stuff. The the stuff that's hard on the calendar is just associated with our goals. Got it. But we may set like a flexible goal of like, hey, I want to camp or I want to RV like once a month for the whole year. And so like, that's not a hard date because like we run our week seven days a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is no Monday through Friday for us. And so like sometimes we go RVing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then come back and work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So like, um, we just set flexible goals like that too. Yeah. We're the same way. We're, we're, we don't really have weeks or days or anything like that. The only thing that's different is on Sunday we have, it's family day family dinner. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like no phones, no social media, no bullshit, which maybe, you know, I probably lose thousands of dollars by doing it that way on, on a Sunday, but Sundays are, that's a straight up just board games and play. Just, that's it. I love it. Yeah. Gym time with the wife. That's it. But you recharge, man. And that's, what's important. Like people don't understand that, like, there is no like hustle and grinding to like success. Like success is really just like deliberate integration of your entire life. And so for you, you're probably doing the best thing you can possibly do, which is like taking Sunday down, which is the day that you're probably going to have the least purchases of any other day. Yeah. Because people like outside of Sunday night, people are fucking swiping their credit cards for some weird shit, but like, Hey, I've drank all weekend. I need to clean up and get on the agogi. I'm in. <laughs> I feel like yeah. a drunk fat ass. I mean, it, it probably, me, it used to be, it used to be that way, but like now with like Johnny slicks and all the other businesses, like there's so many systems and processes in place that, you know, that this, this machine is rolling because we've built it to roll. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Typically on a, on a, on a services front, you're, I mean, if you, if I could sell it to some, my, to my own brain that, well, if I work Sunday, I'll make this money extra thousands of dollars. And if you do that every Sunday for 52 weeks, it's going to be this much, but then like, then what I'm at the finish line. I've made, right. I made an extra 200 grand for the year and my wife hates me and my kids don't even know who I am. Nah, I'm going to pass bro. Yeah. See, that's why I'm about optimization. Like I want to, I want to maximize how much money you can make and work less hours at the same exact time. Yes. Like, so how do I make three quarters of a million dollars take home 
and work no more than 20 hours a week. Well, that's like, that's like, that's that's like the, that whole, that's like the whole thing about coaching was, okay, if you're working 40, I'm going to coach you. You're going to work 60, but you're going to double your income, right? Like, sweet. Yeah, I can, I can knock out an extra 20 hours a week to double in my income. Cool. Okay, now we're going to double your income, but you got to work 80 hours a week. And then a hundred, and then we're going to double again, but you got to work a hundred hours. I mean, at what point do you're going, nah, I'm, I'm done. Like, that's not the, that's not the, the recipe. That's not the reality of the, the people that are really, really crushing it. They're not just doubling their time or adding a, a 20 hours to their week to make, to double their income. That's not the way that, but people look at it that way. Like if you want more money, you got to work harder and work more. Not exactly. Right. And that's what I try to emphasize with like the, you are the asset stuff, because like, if you're not like you can, I, I would challenge anyone that works crazy hours that if they spent more time at the gym on their nutrition and just on either meditation or some sort of mental health exercise that they did on a regular basis, they'd fucking make more money and probably work a third no, of I, the time. I know for a fact that is because we have the agogi, and that's exactly what happens to the people that join. You motherfuckers, you listening to this? You hear what he said? Go to the fucking gym. Eat, eat better, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> You'll make more money. <laughs> Jeff said it. Um, all right. So well, I think it, the, w- one of the good things about it is that if, if, if you talk about investments and you understand return on investment, like, like what we're beating into your head all the time, you start to think differently about how you spend your hours. Yes. You're like, how do I get more money for less time? Because it's now you're doing everything intentional instead of flying by the seat of your pants. Like your whole life turns into like, well, I'm going to do everything intentional and everything in my life has an ROI, whether it's a financial ROI or not, it doesn't matter. I need a return of investment on all the, all my time spent period. If I'm, if I'm watching something on the social media, it better give me a return of investment, not just like checking Mm -hmm. out or doing some bullshit, like everything. Right. And when, and that's what happens by taking care of yourself and going to the gym and eating right. And, Maybe not drinking, Jeff. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's one of those things. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. All right. So let's talk about, uh, let's, let's go into the inner circle uh, t- wave tops here. I want to talk about strategic um, or strategies for um, improving your financial, you know, arena in your, in your household or your life or whatever. But like, what are some, what are some of the, different strategies that you can you can start to implement even at a beginner level that's going to start changing your life and and I know like and it has to be said again this is not an overnight thing this is like even in going going to the inner circle is like listen guys this is a start thinking 3 to 5 years like 3 to mm-hmm. 5 years your life being very differently so I'm day 1 what are what are some things that I need to start doing Well, I mean, I, I think if we were just to step through the seven levels, it's like it, you need to analyze your behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing that's supporting your mission? What are you doing that's taking away from your mission? Are you spending a bunch of money on dumb shit? Like, I, I think the biggest thing is most people don't know where all their money goes. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> and and 
part of that is just like a survival mechanism. Part of that is just like not wanting to deal with the reality of like shit getting more expensive and not really like they're barely making ends meet. The best thing you can do is sweep money away from yourself before you have the opportunity to touch it. And like, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And what you put it in doesn't matter to me, but like, I, I like moving things away into a different bank account or a different asset class vehicle that takes you some time to get the money back so that you have to be deliberate about it. Cause you're not going to go get a hundred dollars out of that account because you're probably going to change your mind and you're not going to need whatever you thought you need so bad. So starting out, it doesn't so, need to be a life insurance policy, even though I think that it, I think that's probably one of the better ones. No, it's, it's, no, especially not today. Like yeah. in our climate right now, there's 4.25, 4.5, like savings accounts online. Like that's a pretty damn good interest rate. And, and like, if you talk to the, the people who manage billions of dollars, like we're at about 5% inflation right now. Mm -hmm. And like they, they beat inflation back down to 5% according to the gurus. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty good place to be. Cause you're, you're putting your, I mean, you're still losing money, but yeah. not at the rate we were losing money 12 months ago. So yeah. like if you just put in a savings account, while well, you take the time to learn or a money market account, there's some money market accounts that are going to earn more than that. They'll earn closer to six. If you tie them up in there for 12 months, um, you, you just really have to get used to like a savings muscle. It, so, it's no different than going to the gym and, and exercising. It and it doesn't really matter how much it is really. It's like, just start the process of squirreling money away on the side. Now I've heard you say something. Do you, do you recommend downsizing or focus on making more money? It depends on the situation. I personally think like sometimes in a drastic situation, if you're in a house or something like that, where it's just eating your lunch and, and you really could turn something around. I, I also look at the ROI and then the time frame on like what we're talking about. Yeah. Like, if you sell your house to downsize into another house and it's going to save you a thousand dollars a month, but you owe $700,000, like it doesn't fucking matter. Like <laughs> you might as well just keep the house because you gotta, you gotta do other things. You've got to yeah. make more money. Yeah. It, like, so it depends on the size of the, the thing that we're trying to get out of or the trouble that we're trying to get out of. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's other ways to do it. I also don't think it's good for your mindset. So like in the inner circle, what I teach you to do is make more motherfucking money. Like, well, and you, you, you posted stuff. something, you posted something that I just absolutely love and, and I'm going to share it. And uh, of course I'll tag you in it because I'm trying to blow Jeff up. He sucks at social media and sucks at promotion. <laughs> um, and even though he's like one of the greatest dudes I know and one of the smartest guys I know, nobody knows who the fuck he is. And that's a shame. Um, <laughs> But you said you posted something saying it's it's easy it's a lot easier to make ten grand than it is to save ten grand. Hundred percent. And I was like, that's a hundred percent correct. I don't care if you agree with it or not. It's correct. Yep. And so that's why I asked. That's why I and, asked the question. Well, and that's the mindset that I want everyone in the group to have because that's an unconventional mindset. We're talking about breaking conventional norms, right? Conventional you, norms are 
you put five thousand dollars in your Roth IRA every year, and you're going to be a fucking billionaire. The Dave, and, the Dave Ramsey method, which everybody, you know, if you if you look at the, I don't I don't know if there's, there's got to be a demographic, but if you make X amount of you make under X amount of money, right? And let's just call mm-hmm. it hypothetically a hundred grand a year. You make less than a hundred thousand dollars a year, man. He sucks those people up, but it sucks because I, I feel like it's a hundred percent a conventional method of trying to build wealth, which is so much harder because you're just doing whatever, like you're doing what the really wealthy people want you to do because they're getting wealthy off of you. It's an incredibly unsophisticated way to, to save money and create wealth. And, and it's safe, which is fine. There some, some really good principles are taught in that phase. And like, I mean, if my kids did it when they were, 18 to 22, maybe I'd be like, great, that's great. Like, don't go into debt. Like, if you could right. avoid debt in your 20s, you're like, even this is me talking. If if I could have avoided debt in my 20s, like bad debt, I, I would have been fucking light years ahead of where I'm at now. Yeah. So like, Same. I mean, we were all dipshits when we were in our 20s. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was in the military so, my entire my entire 20s. I didn't even know if I was going to live. Right. Like, you know, I didn't give a shit if I didn't give a shit. <laughs> but if right, I would have right. given a you, shit, I would have been light years ahead of where I was when I got out. Exactly, exactly. And so Dave Ramsey's principles are good because you're you're getting a blank slate when you get his people. Like, they have no debt. But then you have to reframe their entire mind because the model that he teaches is a really painful model to get to, like, $3 million of net worth. Right. Like, right. whereas if you're a little bit sophisticated, you can generate $3 million in 12 months, like to your net worth, right? Levered and, and using other people's money and moving down the, on the road, down the road with asset accumulation. And so it, which would you rather have at the end of the day? I'd rather do it in 12 months. I mean, we've estimated that in three years of being in the inner circle, I will probably five X my net worth. Within within three years, within thirty six months. That's low, man. That's that's, n- that's low. I, I I will not stand for that. Well, that no, that's what Let's we talked about. Fifteen. Fifteen. We're gonna fifteen. I, I think it's gonna be more than five. Now that you've it's worked, gonna be more than five. Now that you've been worked with me a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah. Plus, you're an action taker, dude. That's all it really takes. Like, I I mean, I'll give you the keys to the fucking castle. You just yeah. got to go do it. I can't fill out the paperwork for you and be your social security number and all that shit. <laughs> like, I'm working on finding somebody that will do that for me. That's, I hate that, <laughs> I hate, I hate that shit. Um, all right. So, so going back to, so going back to some of the issues that you can, or not the issues, some of the, the strategic plans that you can do initially is really fix your mindset with money, right? Start squirreling yep. away cash. And then what else? You have to get out of bad debt. Like that's a, that's one thing, but you have to analyze it. Like if you've got student loan debt, that is at like really low percentage. Like this is where people get tripped up. And I think that this is a bad model. Like you should not get, you should not spend as many years as it takes to get completely out of debt before you start investing. Mm. So like when I say that, like you should take out all your 21% credit cards and all that shit because that's that's real heavy interest. But if you've got lighter stuff like a 2% interest rate on your mortgage or 
Like, because Dave Ramsey talks about paying off your fucking house. That's the dumbest thing ever. Like, don't pay off your house until you're so wealthy that you're like, I don't even know what to do with this extra million dollars. I'll just pay off my house. I, like, it drives me but, crazy when I hear that. But yes. <laughs> but but student that. loans are another good example. If you've got a student loan at a right. low interest rate, like let's say three or four percent, I don't even know what they are. But you do not want to spend the next 10 years piling money into that student loan as opposed to 10 years of investing. Right. So shrink that minimum payment down to whatever it is and make it, but then start earning more income and then start pushing on your investments because you'll be 10 years ahead when that student loan is gone. Right. So you really have to just analyze like the back and forth between what debt um, you should be using and, and what debt you shouldn't be but, keeping. So on, like on the, that, if your house is a two point, if you, you know, you got your house back when it all dropped, a lot of people have that have had their house a minute, you know, they got a 2.9% inflation's at mm -hmm. what? Five. Mm -hmm. So you're good. So you're making a net gain. You're yep. making, technically you're making a net gain, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what you're talking about. Analyzing. Analyze where the interest yes. rates are and then knock out the ones that are, you're not making the net gain. And then, yep. you know, don't worry about the, like the paying off the house thing is, is ridiculous. You know what I mean? But whatever. I, I do. I do. Like if you've not read the richest man in Babylon, it's the world's simplest book. It's, it's a, it's a great read for financial, just basics and all the principles that teaches in that book is like save 10% of your income and invest it mm -hmm. like your entire life. So no matter what you've got going on or what kind of debt bullshit you've got yourself into start yeah. saving today, 10% of what you make first, you pay yourself first yeah. that 10%. If you would have done that since you started working at 12 or 14 years Stop. old, like Stop. you'd have a lot of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you'd be done already. Uh, don't even want to talk. Let's not, let's move on, Jeff. I started We're work, actually talking about I started, that. I'm, I started working when I was 11 old. years old. 11 years old, I started drawing yeah. a paycheck. You know, my social security statements go all the way back to when I was 11 because we lied. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. God. 10%. I, 10%. I'm teaching my 10-year-old about something um, overfunded life insurance and and we're going to build her policies because she's doing chores now for $10 a week. Nothing crazy. Um, but I told her if she, which I'm paying her, right? So I'm giving her 40 bucks a week if she does all her shit. But I told her if she'll open a life insurance policy that we can fund right now, I'll double the money. I'll, I'll put in 40 and match her 40 mm -hmm. and we'll do $80 a month mm -hmm. on her policy. So that's $960 a year for a 10 year old, which is nothing earth shattering by any means, but I can contribute once it's open, I can pump money into it if I want to. Mm -hmm. And so then we can open bigger and bigger policies based on what she's earning. Cause she's going to go on our, uh, on our W2, yeah. like we talk about in the group. Yeah. She'll be on our payroll and, uh, you can pay her 13, nine, I think now 13,900, 13, 13,850. 13, 13, okay. There 13, you go. Eight, 13850 a year. Yep. Which is which is what I plan on doing with them. So yeah. I'm going to put them on the payroll and the the 8-year-old and the 10-year-old are going to make that amount of money each year. 
but they're going to pay for their own shit. They're going to pay for their own gymnastics out of that stuff. They're going right. to pay for it because it's tax free. Right. And so these are some of the angles that I, I talk about. Like everybody should have an LLC, even if you have a job, quite Doesn't frankly. Matter. Yeah. Because because you can be a sole proprietor LLC for nothing. I mean, it takes mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks to stand it up and then you just file it for taxes each year, but it should save you a, a, like 10 grand in taxes mm-hmm. if you do it right and you'll be able to write things off. And, uh, and then you can put your kids on those payrolls as well. It, if you do it effectively, ask your yeah. accountant. I am not an accountant, but here's what ultimately it's about keeping more of your money right yeah here's what here's what's crazy is like you have to if you don't have a good account you have to ask your accountant about you gotta tell them about it you gotta tell them like hey i want to do this like i felt like the accountant should be like you should hey you need you have kids why are you not paying them 13 you know 13 13 8 50 a year like we're trying to you know do this but that's what we're doing the same thing that's dimitri that's one of the things that I have learned, though, throughout this process, because, I mean, I've been teaching this stuff for probably seven years now, and six or seven years, and um, you, you've got to find, like, you're going to outgrow accountants over and over and over yeah. again, because once your education level exceeds their education level, because they're not doing any of this personal development, they're not seeking out wealth um, angles ca- and things count- like that. counting. Yes. Yeah. And so you, you've got to just move on from them. It's not, it doesn't make them a bad person. You've just, you've leveled up beyond what they can do. So one of the things to, to pivot away from that, the, so one of the things that um, kind of gets brought up a little bit, especially with when you have this, like you said, like I attack and, you know, we have people that have these growth mindsets and you start, get, you start having the plan in place. You have the strategies in place. How do you, and you talk about it a lot. How do you balance the financial goals with family priorities? Uh, let me gi- let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Allie and I, all of a sudden, because of some of the products that you suggest and some of the people that come on board, we have the option to put in, pull the trigger and buy three Airbnbs overnight. But now we have three Airbnbs. Yep. There's 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 a level of immediate stress and management that will descend on our life. Yeah. That's where you guys gotta be on the same page with what you're investing in. Because if I go out and I buy like let's say let's just call it Airbnbs. That's fine. What, or like, what if I go out and buy a fucking this, this chain of pet groomers, right. That just prints fucking money. And I'm like, it's a great deal, Kirsten. Great deal. And she's like, what do we have to do? And I'm like, just go walk the dogs on holidays. Like she would be like, fuck no, there's no money. Like you cannot put enough money in the bank account to make that worth it. No. Yeah. And so I, I think that goes back to your original topic of the whole show, which is like communication has to be the same, right? And so we've run into this in the inner circle a couple times. Royal specifically and Trace specifically right, had right. conversations with their wives about 
investments they were making. And the wife was like, no, I don't want to do that. But out of those conversations, it wasn't a hard no. It was, I'm more interested in this asset class. So like, we all have this very blinder, myopic view of our spouse. Like she's just not interested in this shit. And if you, if you talk to them about it, babe, I'm trying to make us more money. Like I'm trying to create generational wealth here. And she's like, I don't give a shit. I just want my time. You know what I mean? Yes. But, but also like in both those cases, they just moved like five degrees to the right Right. and they bought asset classes that served their lives. Right. And so a lot of times as entrepreneurs or go-getters, like we get caught up in like, Hey, the return on this thing is going to be fucking 37%. It's going to be great. And you talk to your spouse about it and they're like, well, we can get this and it's a 17% return. It takes zero of your time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. And so the, the, the balance is kind of just like understanding yourself and what, you're, what season of life you're in and what you're willing to kind of budge on. And for me now, like it's freedom of time and freedom of location. And I don't, I mean, we've got, our money train is rolling. We don't, I mean, we're not fantastically well off or anything like that. I mean, we've got, uh, we're fortunate, I would say. And, and, but the, the structure, the infrastructure is in place to be extremely fortunate. I just have to wait on it to bake right now. Right. And then, so, but I won't take any outside of the box risks that, take my time or take my location freedom. And because that allows me to do whatever I want with my family. So that's, that's something that I struggle with in the early days because I didn't mind, you know, because I I'm a worker, I don't mind working. I don't mind working, you know, being in that like deployment mentality. I actually like the b- deployment mm-hmm. mentality, right? Of like, we're just going to work around the clock seven days a week for, for 10 years. Yeah. Cool. I'm good with it. It's not, sure. it's not, but that's not what serves me. Not really. Not if I really, if I put my priorities on the board and then I, I take that method and, and bounce it off those priorities, it doesn't fit. A hundred percent. Cause you'd be real disappointed if you had fucking stage four cancer today and you had like 10 days left to live and you'd be like, fuck, I've been working my ass off for 10 years. And like now, now it's done. Right. Like you'd be like, wow, I wish I spent the last 10 years fucking off and having fun. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But I do think there's a, there's an aspect of us that is like wired to work. Like, cause I get, I get gratification from working. I get gratification from producing. I get gratification from fucking having money. Yeah. Like that fulfills me. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't give a fuck. Like it makes me feel good to have millions of dollars. And, and, yeah. and then to track for, for millions more, yeah. like that's hunting to me. Like yeah. I enjoy it. And, and a lot of times I fail <laughs> and screw it up. And like, that's part of, that's part of it. Right. And, but like, without that, I would not be fulfilled. Like my wife knows that about me. She's yeah. like, you need to go do something like burn off some steam, go work, go do something. And I'm like, I know. I, I, I know it feels good to I win sit around. It feels good to right? win. That whole thing I talk about all the time, the whole idea of sitting on the beach with the Corona, like that's not yeah. fulfilling for me. 
that's good for like the three seconds that I'm there. And then I'm like, I got to go fucking do something. Yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a real hard time relaxing, I, um, Jeff. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand that. And like, it, it, I mean, we usually like, I'm a sedator. If I'm like, if she, my wife wants beach vacations, that's what she wants. And I'm like, Oh God, I like, I want to go hike and do something challenging, like, and almost die. I'm like, yes. let's go yeah. do rim to rim on the grand Canyon <laughs> with no water. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's like, no, we're not doing that. And so like, I'm sitting there like going crazy on the beach and, yeah. and usually I just drink. Right. And so like now we're, we know that about each other though, and we're trying to balance. Yeah. So like we're finding places you can do fitness and beach or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it it's all like this whole thing is just communication. And I think oftentimes, cause I've done it in my own relationships, we, we oftentimes try to kind of protect our wives to an extent from the full story. Yeah. And, and that's either, out of like trying to be the man and shoulder the burden, or it's because we're ashamed of the situation we've worked ourselves into and we yeah. don't want to face it. And and so like, neither of those is good. You don't, you don't think your wife knows what the fuck's going on. I've like been, my wife knows what's going on before I get uh, home. I, I, like, <laughs> right. I've been both those guys in the past, both yeah. those dudes. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. I think everybody probably has to some extent, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it could be as simple as just spending money on something stupid, you know, you shouldn't have got, and you're yeah. like, damn, that was not good timing. And like, we've all done it. Um, but like bringing your spouse in on the ride and then also like, it, that's why the vision is so important. Like fucking, Hey man, what do you want out of life? Yeah. Because oftentimes, like, I think my wife was, was a more conventional thinker early on in our relationship too. But like, I have been of this like dreamer mindset forever. Like I don't want to live in a conventional life. I can have anything I want. I look at people and they've got shit and I'm like, they're not different than me. What did they do to get it? And then I try to model that, right? That's yeah. it. So like to tell me that I have to be boxed into this existence, like never worked for me. Mm. Like I, I didn't understand it. And so like, I've talked my wife out of that too. And now she's on board. She's like, fuck, we can fly private. We can do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, yes, all of it, all of it. And like, we, but we just have to become the people that are deserving of receiving that type of gift, if right. you will. Right. And, and, and the other thing that I would say, and I don't, I don't know how short we are on time, but until you get on the same page on this stuff, one of you is acting like an anchor at all times. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm trying to run the ball, and go real fast in business or stack these assets. If we're not on the same page out of fear or anxiety or something like that, and my wife's over here and I left her behind, I, I cannot perform at a hundred percent. And my likelihood of success is, is far diminished because we're not on the same page running at the same rate, or at least just not dragging. Right. Yeah. And so, you you do not understand that until you get on the same page and have these conversations. And then you see how far like, you can go to get your spouse is likely married. What's that? And then and then you can you'll really you won't really know like you said until you get on the same page and then you'll really see how fast you can move. Yes, yeah. yeah. You're eliminating friction. 
Yeah. Like we're, we're always trying to, I'm, I'm always trying to eliminate friction in my life in whatever it is, bad energy, like people, whatever it is. But like when that friction is with your spouse, mm. like it, you might just be used to it because it's been going on for five years and you don't notice it. But like when you, when you fucking grease those skids and like it's gone, holy smokes, you guys can move mountains together. Yeah. And, and most of the time your spouse like loves you and that's why they're with you. Right. Right. Like, and so they want to be on the same team too. It's just a conversation and you've butted heads so much. You guys have so much walls built up so, that you don't want to have these conversations. So before we, before we wrap up, I want to bring up one thing because it always, it's, it's going to happen regardless. So whether it's a financial, financial climate thing, like the 2008 mortgage crisis, which we could be going into it again. I don't know. Um, you might have a, you know, you might have a comment on that, but my the overall is just, you're doing this life. You're, you're, you're physical. You, you got the four F's lined up. You're doing everything. You're, you're making progress. You're on the same page of your life. And then fucking something like that. There's a financial setback. There's an econ economy setback. Something happens. Maybe one of your businesses just fucking falls apart for whatever reason. Or, I mean, there's a million things mm -hmm. you're going to have failures. You're going to have setbacks in life. You're going to have obstacles put in front of you. If you, if, if I was in the, you know, if somebody was in the inner circle, how, how is, how are you going to deal with that? What are you going to tell them? What are they, what are the tools they need to, to, to survive and not just survive, but thrive? Well, I think there's opportunities in every, I'm so excited about what's coming and you know that because I talk to you more, but yeah. like, I, I'm so excited about this opportunity in 2008, 2007, 2008, I was in business, but I was like, just a young, dumb idiot and Dab like barely dab dabbling. Yeah. And I didn't have money to like do anything or make any big moves. I mean, I, like I said, I had a seven unit apartment complex and that was about it. And, uh, but so like this financial crisis that's coming or we're in the middle of, I should say we're at the tail end of it. I mean, there's still, there's still pain coming, but we are at the tail end of it. Um, but I, I am very excited about it. And, and the reason is, is because with every downturn, with every problem, there is an opportunity, even if it's your own business, my, my gym, brick and mortar gym got shut down during COVID. I mean, you had the same situation go on, like shit went on with that stuff. It, it's opportunities to pivot. There's like, if you're, it, that's why the inner circle is so important though, because being tied into people that have different side, different sight lines when shit is happening like this, that is what is important because you're the person that can duck and move and, and come out light years ahead. Like you, we just talked about what would the Rockefellers do? But like, but to your point, if you don't know how to duck and move, but you're in a group like that, there are people that do have different sight lines and they will say, all you have to do is this. Everything's going to be okay. Listen to what I'm saying. Yep. And that's, that's what I'm doing. And that's why liquidity is so important in what's coming because like when the banks seize up or freeze up and lending tightens mm -hmm. tremendously, there's never been so much cash available. And, and what I mean by that is on a private basis, mm -hmm. like there's never been so much cash in people's savings accounts. So like teaming up with your buddies and JVing and taking down businesses at 50 cents on the dollar, there's also 12,000 
baby boomers leaving the business world on a, like a daily basis that own businesses. And so there's opportunities everywhere. They don't want to. So those people that are exiting the workforce at some point in the near future, this is going to push. It's going to be the tipping point for them. They don't want to live through another fucking downturn. Why would you want to suffer to build something back up only to retire 18 months from now? No, they're they're, they're gonna, not interested. They're in going to tap out. Yeah. Yep. And and so and, and I'm not wishing that upon anyone. I'm just saying timing matters, right? Yeah. If I'm if I'm 80 years old and I'm going to retire in three years or retire in three months, like it doesn't make any difference to me. Right. Like if I'm financially fine, right? And so, um, I, I say that like the best thing you can do is stay liquid and and be clear on your opportunities and and also be in assets because whatever's going on with the dollar there's a lot going on there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes like that's why real estate's so important to me in my portfolio because it's actually tied to something real it's yeah. tied to real property so as inflation goes up so does the value of my real estate because it's real property. So if you own businesses, you own real estate, you own tangible assets, those rise with inflation. If you own a U.S. dollar, it does not. And so like the, the best thing you can do is turn your dollars into assets as quickly as you can cycle them. Dope. But if you're not there, the best thing you can do is get out of debt and start saving. And like I said, don't, don't do one or the other, do both. Uh, yeah, good to go back to your original thing. Analyze your analyze the interest rates. Analyze what's actually costing you. What's where is your net gain at? And then you know it's not that don't necessarily have to go Dave Ramsey method on everything. And if you're talking about like if if you don't know anything else, but you hear a lot about the stock market, there's dividend producing stocks. And, and so like, instead of just parking your money in the stocks in an index fund and letting it roll, you can buy individual companies in dividend producing stocks and they actually send you a check every quarter. And so like, I mean, it may not be a tremendous amount if you don't have a lot of money in there, but you're buying shares of that company and they're actually sending you cash. So you're yeah. generating cash flow in that standpoint. So if you don't know what to do with your money, there's a million ways to do it. The fact that we'll like, just get just join the, the the link below. Just join the inner circle. Just save yourself a lot of <laughs> save yourself a lot of headache. Just join the inner circle and work with these guys. They're really smart. Um, but anyways, dude, I I really want to I want to thank you. But just to wrap, kind of wrap up, you know, is the big thing is really getting on this. You know, this whole month we're going to talk about families and finances is just one of the you know. Uh, you know, I don't know what the statistics are, but I got to know because every single person I know has argued with their significant other about financials every single sure. person i know and it, and that typically tends to be from what i my experience just one of the top ones so being on the same page of your spouse is just absolute like that's the number one crucial thing you can do period and then set intentions i think just understanding uh, understanding what what they want and what their needs are and yeah. like what their fears are and then building a framework that works for your situation. And don't let your ego and your pride get in the way of that. Right. Right. Because if your wife wants to see a certain amount of money in the savings account, then just then you know. You have your marching orders. Go put that money in the savings account. And Step then you can one. go do whatever you want. Yeah. Or live the way you want to live. Or spend the yeah. money or invest the way you want to invest, right? Right. Right. 
Well, thanks for so, coming on. Thanks for coming on and having a conversation with me about it, man. Um, we'll make it a we'll make it a thing. It's a reoccurring thing. When one of these days we got any time, man. I got to get you at this table. But um, but again, where can where can people find you? Even though you're invisible. <laughs> Probably Instagram at Real Jeff Smith um, is the easiest place to get a hold of me. Uh, we're we're building a website out for the Tactical Empire uh, that you can find out more information. It'll have free tools and stuff like that, uh, similar to the stuff we're sharing on the Inner Circle. Well, shoot but, shoot me shoot me the one that I that they can sign up. Well, unless you're going to have it done by when it launched, but shoot me the link that that I used or something. Okay, so that it can be okay. in the sh- it can be in the show notes because people are going to want to. People are going to be interested. So okay, and you guys can awesome. hang out with me. You can listen to me with my mouth open, taking notes while they're talking about stuff. And I'm just like, uh. <laughs> you never know what direction we're going to go. We talked about fasting a couple weeks ago. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a 72 yep. hour fast on the book. So at some point, um, hell yeah. But guys, listen. Don't be the keeper of the badge. All right. There's information is out there. And it needs to be shared, all right. So if I guarantee every single person knows people that this would they would benefit from this. So if you're on YouTube, drop us a comment below, ask a question, hit the like button. If you're not subscribed because you just came across it, hit the freaking subscribe button because people need this. We're not going to do things the conventional way. We want people to be successful. Jeff really, really wants people to be successful. I want people to be successful, and the only way they're going to be successful is if they're armed with this knowledge. So hit that like button, drop us a review, go follow Jeff. This is the man right here. And uh, other than that, Jeff, thanks, man. And uh, I'll see you Wednesday. And the rest of you guys, I'll see you next week. Peace.